that's that. Well, then I say we come back to aliens, or yeah. we actually start aliens. What do you mean start aliens? We had alien and alien. This freaking movie is called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's not scary aliens, Jr. Dude. We need like from <laughs> outer space. It was it was literally the wild. definition of an alien. It was a spaceship. <laughs> uh, it was the worst. We need like conspiracy theory, scary alien alien abduction, aliens. I would say it for the show. Alien spoof after alien spoof. We've had one alien spoof. What are you even talking about? Are you claiming that the clowns is not a spoof? That this is a real no, horror film? Real no, that's the film. one. And Slither was a real horror film. It was a horror <laughs> comedy. It was a spoof. It was definitely not a spoof. It was ridiculous. It was way better than the clowns one. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was not scary. It wasn't a spoof. I'm. I apologize that I used the wrong word and we latched onto it. But neither of them were scary, and I hate them. And I want to do scary aliens. Let's go back to what you said about Slither in the episode that we had on Slither and see if you actually hated it. Then I didn't say. God damn it. <laughs> On the record. <laughs> uh, I, just, I did like Slither. It just wasn't scary. I want scary aliens. You want to be scary scared. Scary aliens. Yo, this place is big. We shouldn't split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is our silver episode. It's the big 2-5. And in honor of that, we're going to be discussing the campy horror classic, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I am J.R. Foresteros. I'm Amanda Foresteros. I'm taking a vow of silence. <laughs> and I'm Stacy Silberry. Since Mo isn't going to tell us what he thought of this movie, we are going to tell you what he thought of this movie. I was uh, going to say, viewers might be able to guess by now. Yeah, he loved it so much. Don't challenge my vow. is still, <laughs> still speechless, folks. He is so speechless. He loved it. Loved it. Yeah, he did. Before we get into Killer Clowns from Outer Space, since this is a 25th episode, which is an arbitrary landmark that we chose to celebrate, uh, we thought it would be fun to discuss some of the other horror uh, media that we have been consuming lately. So, uh, Amanda, why don't you tell us about Hush? Oh, it was so good. Have you guys seen it yet? No, what is this about? Okay, so it's a movie that's on Netflix. I believe it is a Netflix original. No, it just went straight to Netflix. Um, it is about this woman who is deaf, and she lives out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. I think she's just writing, and she's an author that's, like, in a cabin in the woods, like, writing. Okay, I actually have seen a preview for this, and I'm glad you're talking about it, because I wanted to watch it. Okay, so we, we just decided to put it on. I think it's only, it's less than two hours long. Like, it's a pretty short film. Um, so this this guy in a really creepy mask uh, comes to terrorize her. So anyway, and obviously she can't hear him because she's 
deaf. And so when he's walking behind her, unless she, you know, feels his breath or um, feels like vibrations or whatever, or again, if, unless he's in her line of vision, she can't see him. She doesn't know when he's coming. Like even if he's banging on the door or breaking glass or anything like that. So it's a really, so I love, I mean, as I've discussed a kajillion times, I loved Scream. It gave me nightmares, but like in the best way, uh, same kind of thing. Very, it's very much a thriller, slasher. Um, it actually, the um, the guy is, uh, is the guy from in Cloverfield Lane. The um, oh, the funny guy? Not John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> other one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was interesting to see him in that role because uh, he is super creepy and horrible. Yeah, what makes the film work really well is that because she's deaf, there's actually pretty sparse dialogue throughout. And so the film has to show you, not tell you. And uh, it's it's really, really effective at doing that. Take some surprising twists. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Very no, eerie, a, but awesome. I'm I'm surprised we've never seen that theme before, because I mean, for a horror film, that's a perfect yeah, setup. Have. I mean, to give you a deaf maybe, person, maybe oh, okay, maybe not like a deaf person, but the strangers. That's kind of what this is. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like well, thematically, I mean, it's like the strangers, or like creepy right. people who bug you. Yes, obviously, we've seen that before. Thank you for pointing that out, Stacy. <laughs> um, Back from his vow of silence, Seth <laughs> Stacy. Specifically, the deaf person who's being attacked. So you're talking about like a disability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another film that we saw recently that we enjoyed substantially less than Hush, uh, which you can, again, watch on Netflix right now, is a film that is probably just leaving the theaters called The Darkness. And it starred Kevin Bacon and a few other people, and it was abominable oh it was so atrocious you guys much would love like it the so film much. we'll be reviewing later on this episode uh, much worse yeah so the film doesn't make any sense uh the dialogue is just terrible uh and it commits some what i'm coming to find are cardinal sins of horror films like a lot of jump scares that turn out to be just a dream and someone wakes up uh, also the whole plot revolves around native american demons and i it, it doesn't use the Native American uh, people group in any way. It's it's literally just, hey, Native American people are weird, and they believed weird things, and so now this family is tormented by those weird things. So it's it's like the very worst there's kind. No, there's no link, though? There's no poltergeist link where they're on the burial ground? Nope. or you know, uh, No, I mean, they in the beginning of the movie, the, the boy who's autistic – uh, takes sacred rocks from the place, and somehow that lets these demons out. Uh, which, by the way, they find out by looking it up on the internet. Um, I now remember that trailer, because that's the only thing I remember from that, was the yeah. boy taking something and getting possessed and remembering yeah. how I wasn't going to well, watch but it. But again, like it, the fact that they're Native American doesn't play into it all. They could have been uh, any sort of... Tri and that's what I was saying. It's, it's like that, it's that, like, uh, that fetishization of tribalism. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, they're so different from us, so they must be magical and scary. Mm -hmm. um, and then even like the 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 spiritual person who saves them is a little old abuela who is like <laughs> mystical and, and doesn't speak English, and, and she has magical powers, of course, because she's a little Mexican lady. Um, so I mean, it's just it's just like totally the white modern people are terrified by brown demons. Like it's 
It's so, and addition, in addition to the fact that that's like terribly offensive and has no business being in a story in 2016, the movie is also profoundly stupid and in no way scary at all. Like literally all of the scares are jump scares and they all happen in the trailer and the resolution of the film is so dumb, like none of it makes any sense. The characters literally have to tell you what they're feeling because it's impossible to tell otherwise. <laughs> they just like, <laughs> what they're doing and what they're feeling is 100% based on what the script dictates they say and do at that point. Like there's no coherence. Apparently the marriage is falling apart, which you don't know until all of a sudden, like 30 minutes into the movie, the husband is like, we're having so many marital problems. And you're like, what? <laughs> you are since when like and since right care? now does that have yeah. anything to do with the movie and no it doesn't actually and also like there it goes back and forth between saying they've been having these problems because he had an affair and like they started having these problems when the demons started attacking them so it's like <laughs> wait what like which one is it and it, it doesn't matter because the movie just doesn't make any sense yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't have liked it because it sounds like we get no backstory or understand why the no, they, demons are there. And you know, without that, I'm out. They look up all the backstory on the internet. Oh, perfect. Like you get a YouTube video explaining it with pictures. <laughs> well, that's no, good to know. You would have loved it. <laughs> I want you to watch it because it has Kevin Bacon in it. And Don't... I want you to give us a real opinion. I... There's only that... one good Kevin Bacon film, and that was Footloose. <laughs> This Tremors. movie sounds right up Mo's alley. I, I, I apologize. Tremors also. And Stir of Echoes, which is a Kevin Bacon horror movie that I thought was really yeah. scary. I can't remember if I liked it or not. Way to call him out. <laughs> so anyway, that was The Darkness. I super don't recommend that you see it. Um, it We, like, uh, 20 minutes in the movie, we looked at each other and thought, I think this movie is going to be really terrible. And it like it surpassed our expectations. It was so bad. So, so bad. I didn't think I would enjoy a horror film in 2016 less than I enjoyed The Forest. And wow, that looks like freaking Citizen Kane compared to The Darkness. Did you enjoy it less than The Gallows? Yeah. I would easily say The Darkness is the worst horror film I've probably seen in five years, at least. The Gallows at least made sense most of the time. Wow. The geography of the school in the gallows didn't make sense, um, <laughs> but just about everything else was at least coherent. At least yeah. coherent. This movie, it, it was almost like ten people who were all holding different scripts were walking down the hall at the same time, and they all tripped at the same time, and all of the pages got shuffled together, and they were like, "Eh, good enough." So, yeah, well, really terrible. Anyway, on the opposite end of the spectrum, as far as something that is actually absolutely amazing and maybe the best thing to hit television and horror in the last year was ash versus the evil dead yes which consumed me last fall we yeah we've mentioned it a couple of times but we're sort of waiting to review it until we can do like two or three episodes on all of the evil dead stuff well i think season two premiere which is this fall i think september would be perfect because we can do army of darkness we can do season one and we can maybe focus on the season two premiere. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be done with aliens by then, but maybe we might not be. I've got a slew of things that we've yet to begin. <laughs> so anyway, tell us a little bit about why you loved this, this so much. Well, I know I've said it, if not once, twice, possibly a hundred times already, that army of darkness was my favorite of the evil dead trilogy. 
Uh, Bruce Campbell is one of my all-time heroes in anything he's been in. But Ash vs. Evil Dead picks up 30 years later, I mean, literally where Army of Darkness left off. The character has not changed. He has not adulted in the slightest, which is what you expect from that character. I mean, and the show just, I mean, it seamlessly just gets right back into what he's been hiding from for the last 30 years. And he's literally just been hiding from what was his, like, responsibility to kill the evil. And the chainsaw comes back. The boomstick comes back. His old humor comes back. I mean, it was a, it's it was amazing. It was amazing to me how completely the same the show felt without feeling like it was a rehash of everything we liked about the original trilogy. No, there was so many. Um, it's not even a throwback. I mean, they just like effortless, effortless. I can't say that effortlessly. <laughs> You can't say effortlessly, effortlessly? No, not even a little bit. That's a tough they one. So easily brought back all the things you wanted to see from Army of Darkness and wrote it into the script with, like like you said, JR, without it seeming forced in the slightest. It fit the per- or the story perfectly. Yeah, I also loved it. Uh, that franchise has always done a great balance of, uh, balance of camp and horror. And, yeah, I just I thought it nailed it. Well, and it is. I mean, this. There was parts in this where I was genuinely scared. I mean, right. it's not. It's not. Army of Darkness was obviously the the spoof of the three. I mean, it was the one that went full comedy. And there were some parts in it that were a little bit scary. Um, but this show, I mean, they bring back all the practical effects, which, in my opinion, was one of the best parts of the Evil Dead trilogy. Um, and then there was parts that were just truly scary, where I was like, "Why did I have the lights on when I started this?" <laughs> yeah um another another tv show oh a couple more that i've just been particularly enjoying uh one is i we've mentioned it again before but the scream tv show uh how do you turn a great horror franchise into television well scream did it pretty well uh season one is on netflix now so if you have netflix you can watch all 10 episodes and uh, they've already announced that there's a season two in the works. I'm pretty excited about it. I don't want to say anything about it um, because I feel like it'll spoil the show. But I'll just say if you liked the Scream movies, uh, you'll like the Scream TV show. They do a good job with it, uh, even on MTV. It's it's not too, like, teeny bopper. Um, really good. And then the last one I just got into. I feel so bad because I feel like I've been super late to this train. But Penny Dreadful. Uh, mm-hmm. I just bought the first season on Amazon Prime, and have I'm about uh, two thirds of the way through the first season, and it is fantastic. It's set in like Victorian England, and it's got uh, it's got Dracula, it's got Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, it's got uh, werewolves, probably like it, it, it very uh, Jekyll Jekyll and Hyde, maybe it's got all it's setting up all this stuff. And I'm really excited to see where the series goes. It's in season three right now, and I, I've heard nothing but good about it. But I'm really interested in that. You got me hooked. It's really great. I mean, it it looks good. It's well acted. Uh, it, it I find myself really fascinated by all of the characters uh, and not knowing where like Dorian Gray is in it, and I know that character mm. from literature, but I have no idea what they're doing with this character in the show. And so like every time he's on screen, I'm just completely captivated by where this is all going. So yeah, that sounds interesting. I I did the same thing. I watched the first few episodes of Bates Motel, and it was the same kind of thing. You know, obviously with the Psycho franchise and all of that, uh, we sort of know where everything's going, but it's set in modern like now time. So and I love Vera Farmiga a whole lot, so I'm super excited. 
um, to kind of see where it goes. But I, I posted it on Instagram, and I just said, you know, I've watched these first, like, two or three episodes, and it's really freaking weird, but I can totally see how it would be super easy to binge watch um, just because all the characters are, are pretty interesting. Have you guys seen Bates Motel? Huh. Okay. I've seen random episodes. I really don't have time in between homework. <laughs> what? I know, same. right? The struggle is real, especially with these summer classes. Ugh. I, I know this will come as a shock to you guys, but I typically don't seek out horror films or shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mo, of any of them that we've listed, uh, other than Ash vs. Evil Dead, are you going to check any of them out? Absolutely for Penny Dreadful. You hooked me with that pretty instantly as well. Excellent. Um, I did watch one other movie, although it won't fall into our classic horror sense. Uh, and I don't know if either or any of you guys have come across it on Netflix, but it was The Voices with Ryan Reynolds. Has anyone? Nope. Uh-uh. So it was scary to me because I've always, like, I don't know, throughout life, I've always wondered, like, if you were truly schizophrenic or, you know, suffered from a mental illness, but you weren't aware that you were suffering from it, what would the world look like to you versus those that are around you? And like, how would you perceive it versus how they perceived you? And would you ever realize? And that's what The Voices is. Ryan Reynolds is a schizophrenic, um, but he just thinks his animals can talk to him and he's not aware that he's a schizophrenic. And there's a specific scene in the film and he's done some things by this point in time that are rather horrid. Um, and it, you kind of see it unfold in a sense where it wasn't really his fault, but he's still in the situation now. And his therapist convinces him like, Hey, you have to be taking your medication. So he finally does. And his whole apartment and lifestyle changes. He wakes up the next morning and the medication is set in and his apartment is not the clean orderly place that it was the night before. I mean, it's a complete disaster. Even his animals are miserable. There's like feces on the floor and stuff. There's things that have to do with the plot that are all around. I mean, it's, it's interesting a night and day shift from what, the way he had been perceiving and experiencing the world, which is the way you as the viewer had been perceiving and experiencing it throughout the beginning half of the film. And it was horrifying in its own right just to see that switch. Even so though much the film itself is, I think, more of like a dark comedy. Much more of like a psychological horror kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Very yeah, weird and very, very good. All right, well, that's The Voices on Netflix. Uh, one last thing we wanted to do before we dive into Killer Clowns from Outer Space is look ahead at 2017. They've already announced uh, several films that are all either remakes or sequels or reboots. And so I just kind of wanted to run through this list. It was sent to us by a listener, Michael Hughes, who is a friend of ours down here in Dallas. And so he tagged it, he tagged me in it last night and uh, told us to take a look at it. So I just want to run through these uh, and see what you guys are excited about, if any of them. I'm going to start in October next year. Now, again, this is like over a year away. But they are putting out Insidious Chapter 4. Now, we did an episode on Insidious 1 through 3, and I'll pretty much liked this franchise. Are you interested in a fourth installment? I mean, I'm interested just to see where it could go. I mean, I don't really know what they could do. I mean, I just where kind did of we see... leave off in number three? I'm it was the to... prequel. Yeah. That's right. I, I don't. I don't I really know what it. they can do, but I'm interested to see what they do do. Do <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh... I don't think they can beat what, what's been presented, and I hope they don't kill the franchise because I think that was one of the few where we all liked pretty much all of them. 
I um, didn't love three. I thought one and two were much stronger. Three so. was the weakest, and one oh, without a doubt. Two picked up right where one left off, right? I mean, the same. So they're basically like one move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I find it hard to believe they'll have a plot that's going to hold up to one or two, or even really three, because at least that was somewhat linked to one and two. Yeah, Uh, I would would definitely probably see it just because I'm more invested in the series. Yeah. There are several of these that are on this list that I have no interest in seeing, and y'all are going to make me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but another one is Annabelle 2, which is a sequel to the spinoff of the doll from The Conjuring. I haven't even seen Annabelle 1. Yeah, me neither. Agreed. Uh, zero I interest. It, I heard it was terrible. So. I saw it. It was entirely forgettable. Yeah. It's no The Darkness, but it's not very good. <laughs> oh, poor Kevin Bacon. Okay. Uh, how about World War Z 2? Blech. I was so disappointed with that movie. Stacy, you're excited. Yeah. Why? Well, I want to see what happens. Obviously, with Brad Pitt, and they are in relatively safe place or area now. But I'm interested to see where the unfoldings in the aftermath of the event. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'll definitely go see it. I mean, it wasn't my definitely wasn't my favorite movie of whatever year it came out, but. I'll, I'll go see it. I thought World War Z is one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. So <laughs> That's the first um, time we might align on stupidity. Book. You read the book, and you had way different expectations, and they changed a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I expected like it to be good. I expected the zombies to be realistic. I expected it not to be terrible. No. I, I agree with everything JR said, which also might be a show first. And um, <laughs> I was say, I think it is a show first. Why do you get Brad Pitt, I mean, an A-list actor, to be in, like, the worst film ever? Well, I think, actually, that may be what, what hurt them, because the book, which is phenomenal, is yeah. an oral history. And so it's a person who is – it's after the zombie war is over, and he's going around and collecting stories from real people who were fought, who fought in it. Uh, if they had told the whole thing like that, it would have been amazing. But as soon as you put Brad Pitt in the lead role, Brad Pitt's got to be in every scene because you're paying premium dollar. And so it, it has to be a story about him, not about a guy going around and interviewing all the real heroes. Yeah, no, it so, was like, um, what was that one with Will Smith? Uh, I, I Am Legend, Legend or whatever. Yeah. It was like I Am Legend meets the worst zombies and the worst creativity in the world. Yeah, it was real terrible. So not looking forward to World War Z 2. However... Stacy and Amanda are. So there we go. Uh, how about it coming out September next year? Nope. <laughs> excited. Yeah, I'm also excited. I why are know. you Why are you not excited, Stacy? I hate clowns. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we mentioned this in the last episode. Like, clowns just freak me out. Everyone hates clowns. Like That's even fine. clowns that aren't supposed to be scary. Like they're still like creepy, and I get uncomfortable. And I just want to go away. I want to run quickly from them. So you're you're not anticipating it's going to be bad. You're just anticipating it will be the last night you ever sleep. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure it will be good. It's Stephen King, and I'm sure they'll take, you know, take care of it and make sure it comes out well. But I also would like to sleep and not be scared of a clown for the rest of my life. <laughs> but you're already scared of clowns for the rest of your life. So I say go for it. <laughs> it took me a long time to get over the first movie. <laughs> I don't well, need to relive that experience. 
Good thing we're going to make you. <laughs> oh, you guys are such good friends. Is there any word as to whether or not Stephen King will be affiliated with this film? Uh, my my understanding is that they're probably going to be remaking the original film, which actually stayed pretty true to the source material. So, Did you uh, guys see Mama? Not yet. The horror movie? Yes. So the guy who directed Mama is going to direct the new It. Ooh, it's one of, oh, and Steve, well, it says that Stephen King is one of the writers, but that just means because he wrote the novel, obviously. Yeah, not necessarily the screenplay. So, Correct. And Mama was the one with Jamie Lannister, right? Correct. Yes. Mama. Ooh. All right. Uh, I know at least one of you is very excited for this next one. It comes out at the end of January. So we're so we're like barely seven months away. And that is Resident Evil, the final chapter. <laughs> Which means we will have to pre-watch all the other films before we all go to see them and finish the franchise. Or we could just watch one of them and then just watch it again, oh. and that'll probably be... <laughs> I don't even want to do that. I'm going on strike for that episode. For oh, sure. I cannot wait. Oh. I'm excited for this movie. No, no. Literally maybe the best franchise to ever hit Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> I back that. All right. Um, how about Amityville The Awakening coming out first week of January? Bored by the Amityville thing. The original was the scariest. The Ryan Reynolds one wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It didn't do the original justice. And what's The Awakening going to be? Just like how it all started? I was uh, no one knows. Nah. I, I'm interested. All right. What about you, Amanda? Indifferent. Okay. So maybe I'll take a trailer to spark your interest? Yep. Um, you know, I think the Amityville concept is interesting. Uh, I, if if they if they just completely scrap everything that's gone before and tell a new story on a haunted house, I'm interested to see what can happen there. Not holding my breath, but it could be interesting. Uh, last one, and this comes out uh, on Friday the 13th, which is January 13th, 2017. Friday the 13th. It is, it is a sequel to the reboot that came out in 2009. Oh, God. Which rebooted, the reboot, uh, if you remember our Friday the 13th episode, uh, it it remade the second two movies and assumed the first one had still happened. So this would be like a sort of a sequel remake to Friday the 13th Part 3, sort of. Because 2009 started with him coming out of the lake, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's the movie that you told me we've seen, right? We have seen it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you always have to remind me, but I don't. I was going to say, if that tells you anything, it's, you need to be reminded to see it. I'm sure the new one will be just as forgettable, Amanda. Yeah, it was pretty forgettable. So, I don't know. Like, I like Friday the 13th movies. I don't love them. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll go see this one. Mm. I'm not I excited mean, about it. I was say, if we have to watch it, I'll watch it. I'll just go or, see Final Girl. But... Or we could just watch the first one and then watch it again. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so hopefully we're going to get some good original horror next year. Hopefully there's some stuff in the works. And, of course, we always have the indie horror circuit. Uh, which serves mm -hmm. as well. So, And uh, that doesn't even count all the stuff we already have on the docket for this year. So stay tuned. Uh, let us know what horror films you're excited about coming up. Let us know if you think Resident Evil, the final chapter, will actually be the final chapter. Nope, final, final. <laughs> or if you think it will be the greatest <laughs> horror film of all time, like Mo does. Um, 
Or just I film. I, don't, I wouldn't even preface that with horror. Just greatest just, film. Just greatest film. Yeah. <laughs> Move aside, Citizen Kane. <laughs> Meal uh, you, you can do all that at don'tsplitup.com or facebook.com slash don'tsplitup. Uh, but for now, it's time for us to finally get to our review of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't split up. Uh, this film came out in 1988. It had a budget of only $2 million, and it has become a cult classic. Uh, Shocking. Everyone's least favorite <laughs> band, Insane Clown Posse, frequently samples from this film. And did you guys know that Guar did the theme song? No, but that's no. awesome. I, they're uncredited, but apparently it's like a well-known fact that they actually wrote and performed the theme song, which in true 80s fashion is all about the movie, which I think is just amazing. I sort of miss that in films. Yeah, isn't the the chorus something like, killer clowns from outer space? Yeah, something, yeah. yeah. I think that's basically <laughs> it. Just, just exactly like yeah. that. You can quote me on that. So, um, <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, uh, why do you, before we get into this specific film, do any of you think it's interesting that so many movies mix horror and comedy? I think it's what you got to do when you just don't have good horror. And so you have this idea and it's kind of outlandish and you're not really sure where you want to go with it. And you're aware that it's not going to be horribly scary. So you add that element of humor and then maybe that kind of helps for it to be scary at certain points because it kind of keeps you on your toes. I mean, this movie wasn't scary or good or funny, but <laughs> you didn't just, laugh pertaining one to, just pertaining to your question, JR. <laughs> I think that it's debatable. I think that you definitely laughed and you just aren't remembering. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, what about you? I mean, why, uh, why, why horror and comedy? What you know? Why not more romance and horror I or mean, action and horror? You know, those those exist, but it seems like not as much as horror comedy. I don't know. Kind of like Mo. I'm gonna just pay you back. I think they use the the comedy to kind of balance out the horror and make the horror part of a not scary movie actually horrifying because the other parts are funny. I think it's just, well, I think it can be used as a tool to lighten the mood for some really intense topics. But I think also, I think sometimes our bodies have really weird reactions when we're scared. And I think Sometimes people laugh when they're scared, but also, I don't know, I think I think it has something to do with, like, our physiological responses to various situations um, and sort of a play on that. I love horror commies. I think that they're ridiculous and amazing. Yeah, you know, I as I was thinking about as we were watching Killer Clowns, um, I, I wondered if it was something about the fact that both horror and comedy uh, – in, in order for them to be effective, they, they involve a, a subversion of expectations. You know, we find something horrifying when it doesn't match. Uh, Mo, you were even talking about this in the last episode when, when we were talking about the film Clown. It's that uh, Freud's uncanny, right? It's yeah. when something is mm -hmm. almost the way it should be, but something's off enough that it creates that dissonance in us. And, and, and that scares us. And, and I think comedy works a lot the same way. Really good comedy is when something uh, subverts your expectation. It just does it in a way that points towards laughter instead of towards horror. But I, there's like an impulse beneath both of them that I think is the same. And so I, I don't know. I think that's why it's easier 
to weld those two genres together uh, and create just, you know, they're totally their own things. Like horror comedies are neither horror films nor comedies, right? I mean, they, they exist as their own weird genre that, again, people, I think you either like it or you don't. I know tons of people that just don't like horror comedy at all. They either because they're hardcore horror fans or because they hate horror and they just don't want it in there. Um, but people who love horror comedy seem to just really enjoy it. And I think, I don't know, I think that's why. I, I think it's a little bit that. And then I think, I, I don't know, I really do think it has to do with that juxtaposition of the two. You know, you shouldn't be laughing when it's scary. Um, and then it also kind of settles you down. And then it puts you right back in a place where you're ready to be scared again because yeah. you're not on the edge of your seat. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously, Mo, you didn't love this film. What about you, Stacey? Um, I wasn't a fan either. However, the clowns really, I did not like them at all. They creeped in, me out. They creeped me out. They were super creepy. All the animatronics and everything. That's what I love and about like, like the little 80s like, creepy and 90s noises, thing. like mm-hmm. rat noises they made. Oh my god. Yeah, when when Jared and I were watching it together, we were really like, oh, this has a Gremlins vibe. Like they very Definitely. much seem kind of creepy, a little cute some, I mean, obviously not cute, still terrifying, but, right, but yeah. you know, they make those, like, fun little animal noises and stuff, yeah, I, I love all the animatronic stuff of the 80s and 90s, for sure. What about you, JR? I loved this movie. I thought it was super funny. Right. Uh, I thought that the world building was just hilarious, and the fact that they don't even try to explain it like why these clowns even though they're aliens are exactly like clowns on earth except for how they look uh and one guy even says like well i don't know maybe we got our idea of clowns from (laughs) 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 like that's so patently obviously not what's going on here but they don't even try to explain it it just is and it's unapologetically that way and they don't they don't waste time trying to make a completely ludicrous concept not ludicrous. They just insist that you accept it, and then they tell a story. Well, and, and I think that I think that's why. I mean, I wasn't necessarily a fan of this movie, but I think that's why it worked, and a lot of people like it. Mm-hmm. Is because you just have to take it for what it is, and then enjoy it. Yeah, you have to. Like, you like. There's no. There's no way to make this movie make sense. No, it's called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It was never meant to make sense. Yeah, yeah, and so I love it. I love it when a movie embraces its shtick and just runs with it. I think this movie would have suffered if, you know, there was a sequel that's like, The Origins of Killer Clown or something like that. Um, Because there is no explanation that would be satisfying. There's no backstory that would make you be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, no. It, it doesn't make sense. And so, yeah. and again, the not making sense lends itself to both horror and comedy. So I love it. I didn't think it's scary. I'm not scared of clowns. Um, so I enjoyed how grotesque the clowns were, but I didn't find it particularly frightening. I just found this film immensely enjoyable. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I guess we could just jump into best worst. Like, were there things that you guys particularly enjoyed about this film? Mo, is there anything that you could at least say was enjoyable or interesting? 
you guys kind of stole it when you went on with the intro. I do love the old 80s style um, introductions to movies. And I'll be honest, when that came on, I really started to get my hopes up. I was like, all right, they're going to do something with this. This is true to form. And then it just went downhill so fast. <laughs> okay. Um, I There were several things that I loved about it. We actually watched the trailer for the film after we watched the movie, and I'm super glad that that was the case because it basically shows the entire movie and everything that you would... I mean, again, it's super predictable, but you don't know all of the killer clown's powers and capabilities and all that kind of stuff, and it definitely reveals all of that in the trailer. So if you're planning on watching it per our recommendation, then I would definitely recommend not to watch the trailer. Stop now, because we're about to spoil all of the fun parts, and don't watch the trailer. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I laughed a lot. I thought it was really ridiculous, and it was super fun. So, oh, man. This movie was a struggle to watch for me, personally. Was there no best? Um, I mean, I can say there was one best, and it was only because the clowns truly creeped me out, and I feel like if anybody was in this situation, they'd be uncomfortable was when that little girl was eating in the diner with her family and she like looks out and the clown's like waving at her and then they're playing peekaboo and he's like motioning for her to come over like i was not oh my god that scene i was i was like actually scared and yeah, that was super uncomfortable i actually just realized i didn't say my best because Sorry. no no it's okay i I just realized that there there were just so many options, and also I was trying not to spoil anything yet. <laughs> no, but you guys, honestly and truly, my very best, I'm not even going to make a list, because there could be, I could list out ten different things that I loved, but I loved the shadow puppet when he turned into the freaking T-Rex and ate all of the people. That was amazing, and it so shows it in the trailer, which I'm, again, super glad I didn't see it, but I, I thought that was... I was like, man, I mean, obviously he's going to kill all these poor people. I just want to know how he's going to do it. And then it turned into a giant T-Rex and devoured all of them. It was perfect. I loved it. Uh, so there's a tons of stuff. I don't know if I can choose the best, but I'm just going to list several things that I thought were great about this Interesting. movie. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. First of all, I love that at the beginning of the movie when the two kids, Mike and Debbie, are going to explore the ship, it was totally like a sex metaphor because he, he keeps wanting to go. First of all, they were parking. Right. And so, like, that's the classic teen, like the guy wants to go all the way and the girl doesn't want to. They get to the ship and he's like, come on, let's go inside. Let's go. You know, he wants to go all the way. And she's like, no, she even says at one point, how much further do you want to go? Right. And so it was was super blatant. Yeah, I thought I thought that was like just, uh, I don't know, fun, like fun movie making. Like, I love when films do something like that. um, And I I enjoyed that. I thought uh, one of the creepiest moments early on was when the old man is walking and his shadow appears on the tent, except you realize it's a clown shadow following him. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of like a fun, like, because it takes you a second to realize it's not his shadow. The way they filmed it, it just, like, it looked really good. Um, how did you guys not love the balloon animal uh, dog that sniffed out people? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was super <laughs> hilarious. I was like, what are they doing? And then when it was a dog, and then when the dog was a bloodhound, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Like, this is so dumb, and it's amazing. Because, like, how else would a clown find people? It's genius. Ugh. Nothing? No? <laughs> no. 
It was so hard to watch. <laughs> that was oh man. Okay. Um, I love that there was a big red button in the spaceship that you are so clearly not supposed to press, and one of the ice cream truck guys definitely pressed that button. Like <laughs> the, the ice cream. The the brothers were probably the best part of the show. That's interesting. I yeah. Again, I just I love setups like that, and that was the whole thing about the clowns, right? Like you know not to sniff their flower because they will squirt you with it, right? You know not to shake their hand because they're gonna joy buzzer you. You know not to push the giant red button in the freaking spaceship because something bad's gonna happen. And so none of them do except for the last guy. And, and again, as the viewer, like as soon as you see it, you know someone's gonna push it, and you know they shouldn't. And it just I don't know. I really really enjoyed that. The pie in the face. Oh, man, the little popcorn animals. Yeah, all of those things. Um, okay, so when the popcorn was in the dumpster, I actually had a flashback to one of the scariest moments of my entire life. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'll tell you the story. So uh, Amanda and I used to run a coffee shop in Dayton, Ohio, and we closed at midnight, and so often we weren't getting done until about 1 in the morning. And so I would uh, I would take the trash down to the dumpster and I would have to, you know, I'd have two or three big 30-gallon bags of trash. I'd carry them down this hall and out this stairwell and all the way down the stairs and out and around. So, like, it was, you know, it was just by the time I got down there, I was tired, like, oh, I was full of trash. And then the dumpster had one of those side doors that you'd slide open on the side so you didn't have to heft the bags, like, all the way over the top. So I always drop all of the bags of trash down and I'd grab them one at a time and just heft them into the side of the dumpster. So one time uh, I did that. I, I tossed the first bag into the dumpster and apparently there was a raccoon in the dumpster when I did that that got scared by a giant bag of trash flying in oh, on it. No. And so the raccoon jumped up to climb out of the side door. Well, I, in the meantime, was bent down grabbing the second bag of trash. And so when I came up, I was staring at this raccoon, like, right in the eyeballs, like, <laughs> a foot away from it, like, nose to nose. And I was like, ah! And the raccoon screamed also. And it, like, flipped out of the dumpster and landed on my feet. And before I even had time to process it, was I was just, like, screaming and holding this bag of trash. And then the raccoon, like, ran off. <laughs> And it was it was that. terrifying. Um, that story was both funnier and scarier than the film that we had to watch. <laughs> and I wish that I could have just watched that from the security camera instead yeah. of killer clowns from outer space. Uh, well, it was real funny. I oh, also do. The one question that I have from the movie was the, the balloon technology that they used to trap people inside of. Was that the same technology as their noses that you popped to kill them? They seem to be. They seem to have been made out of the same material. Hmm. I'm you know, not sure. I didn't even think about any questions like that. Me neither. I was struggling. <laughs> I was confused as to why, after a movie worth of cotton candy captures, they all of a sudden, with the one important woman, went to a balloon technology. Except we did find out that there were other people stored in balloons. Yeah, after the fact. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with Mo. I did think that as well. Like. I had well, the same question, switch up. but then they did show later on that other people had been captured in balloons also. We just hadn't seen it yet. Mm. Um, okay, so so if I had to say my best moment, like the moment of the film that I thought was probably the most like effective or creepy, it was probably when they're trapped on top of the cylinder and like all of the clowns are gathered around them because oh, you yeah, just see so like how many there are and how scary they are. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, was, I was slightly creeped out by that moment, and I'm not even that scared of clowns, so... Mo, what was your worst? 
my worst had a silver lining because it made me think of um, Sharknado. However, the very end scene where the guy, you think the guy died, like the one thing that probably should have happened, like he went up, he saved everyone, he exploded the spaceship, and then he lands in the middle of the, you know, the gathering and climbs out of that piece of shuttle or whatever, and they rush over, and it just reminded me instantly of Sharknado where you think Tara Reed's finally dead, and then the <laughs> shark lands on the ground, and he goes, he cuts her way out with the chainsaw, and, you know, she got baby in one hand and her in the other, and, yeah, so. But that, I think that was the, the thank God it was the end of the movie, but that was the last draw for me. Hmm. There were a few things for me that, I mean, again, they just didn't really piece together super well. Like, I didn't love the old man at the beginning. I didn't think his acting was particularly on point, but I guess that kind of makes sense, you know, because not really anyone's acting was super on point. Uh, but so if I had to choose, maybe it would be that scene. I didn't, it was pretty predictable and not that awesome. Well, for my worst, you guys may have guessed, and no one knows, but as soon as I saw that dog, I's like, oh God, how's the dog gonna die? And then I worried about it until a couple minutes later, there goes the dog. Yeah, honestly, my worst actually was the same as Moe's. Like, I didn't enjoy that that guy sacrificed himself and then got to, like, cheat at the end. I was pretty bummed by that. I kind of expected it because again it was more of a camp comedy movie but man also an awful lot of people died so um, almost that entire town like i was amazed at how many people died to very slow very obvious clowns (laughs) (laughs) that was actually one of the things i enjoyed Uh, again completely unexplained by the film is that like these clowns to me were obviously very creepy and everyone else just treated them like normal clowns which again i think is sort of a commentary on how creepy clowns are for sure right i think that my favorite clown was the one that was just having the time of his life in the little walgreens convenience store where he just kept like piling stuff in his shopping cart and the pharmacist calls and was like we've got a problem that was so funny I just I was bothered because I think more people died in this movie than in Slither, and Slither was by far the tougher adversary. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Well, there you go. Beware of clowns, folks. That's the moral <laughs> of the story, especially if they're uh, from outer space. So I haven't I have a guess, uh, but uh, Mo, do you recommend this film? Negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even recommend the trailer. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Stacy? Um, no. Definitely not recommending it. I'm a yes all the way. I think it's super fun. If you want a dumb horror comedy that is creative and silly, uh I think this one serves and it's it's a classic. Like it's one that you kind of want to say you've you want to be able to say you've seen. So that would have been all right. Being able to not say that. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, I had a cast on that one. Well, there you have it. We're split again. Go figure. Right? No surprise there. All right. Well, we are about out of time for this episode. Again, as always, thanks for being with us through 25 episodes. Here's to 25 more. Uh, Our next episode is going to be coming out very quickly because The Conjuring 2 
is in theaters uh, pretty soon. And so we're going to see that uh, opening weekend and have a review up like we typically do. Half of it will be no spoilers and half of it will be spoilers. And we're also going to be reviewing briefly The Conjuring because we have not done that film yet. And it was one of our favorite horror films from a couple of years ago. That so. movie was terrifying. I'm just hoping so that the second one is not near as terrifying. Right? <laughs> do, do we need to rewatch the first one? Oh, yeah. That oh, for cool. sure. Yeah. Like, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to be caught up with us, go ahead and rewatch or watch for the first time the first Conjuring film. Film, and then make sure to catch The Conjuring 2 in theaters uh, uh, this weekend if you're listening to it when it's brand new. If you're not, then it's probably already out around you somewhere. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. And whatever you do, especially if creepy clowns come after you, don't split up. Join J.R., Stacey, Amanda, and Mo to discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore. In our podcast, Don't Split Up, where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. This place is huge. No one take the back porch. Scream if you see anything. That won't be hard. But in observation of this loaded moment, I am not in favor of splitting up, nor am I three days from retiring. I will not be right back. I'm surprised we've never seen a theme like that for a horror film because, I mean, that's pretty terrifying. They didn't silence their phone. Sorry, that was me. No, it goes it goes Classic. through on my it goes through on my computer too. Like, so I got it from both ways. My bad, guys. Okay, Mo, why don't you start that whole sentence again and I'll edit it out.